LeeTDickey.com. Welcome to Lee Dickey TV. Hit subscribe to follow along with the fun. Now let's get on to today's video. I used to be able to recite half of each of the first two Rush Hour films in the franchise. I tell you how, why, and which one is my favorite next. Alright, so the Rush Hour franchise, the three films, and the short-lived 2016 television series. Of course, the three films, you're looking at Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker, Rosalind Sanchez, I think she was in two and had a cameo in three. Uh, and with the TV series, you had John Fu, Amy Garcia, Justin Hires, Wendy Melnick, like, you know, some heavy hitters involved in this franchise. But like I said off the top, I used to be able to recite at least half of both of the first two films. So the first one from 1998 and the second one from 2001. And that's probably because I've watched them so much. I remember when the first one came out, um, I didn't see it in theater unfortunately, because I think I might have been too young. I might have been like nine years old or something like that. But when it came out, I was too young and didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. But I remember that my dad had rented it for me on VHS right after it came out, like probably a couple weeks after it had come out, right? And I got, it was a one night rental. So I got to watch it as many times in one day that I could. And then he had to return it the next day because it was like the hot release because it had just come out um, on say home media like VHS or what have you. I don't think DVDs were as big then and there was no such thing as like Netflix or streaming media. So when it comes to the first film of course like I watched it constantly. I mean my dad had rented it for me. It was a one-day rental and I watched it as many times as I could. I probably watched it about three or four times before he had to return it the next day. So that basically means I didn't get much sleep the night before and going you know watching that movie the first rush hour uh, that came out in 98 and I think it came out on home media either like right at the end of 1998 right at the beginning of 1999 um watching it about three or four times kept me up till like the next day and you know I got a couple hours of sleep but you know when you're a kid you can run on basically fumes and you'll be okay uh basically what I did so you know I had memorized as much as I could from that film and because I would get bused into school, like a bus would come to my house, I'd get on and it would take me to school. I didn't live that far from uh, my elementary school or my high school for that matter. So I would just go to school, right? And because I was basically considered one of the senior kids, because I was probably one of the oldest kids to ride the bus, like to get bused into school... I, you know, really had nothing in common with the other kids that were on the bus. Like, we weren't going to the same school for the most part. And I just, at, you know, when I was a kid, I was pretty quiet, shy, didn't say much. Just wanted to sort of keep my head down, do my work, go to school for the six and a half hours that I had to be there, and then go home because I really didn't want to go to school. School and I, not the best of friends. So, you know, movies and TV were like my escape, and I would memorize movies. And that's what I did with the first two Rush Hour films. You know, that's, when it comes to the Rush Hour franchise, Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker, like, that was my first experience with, say, like, a buddy cop comedy. I don't, I'm not sure whether they existed before that, and if they did, I don't know of anything other than Rush Hour, in terms of, like, a buddy cop comedy series, but... You know, the Beach Boys are great American music after, like, you know, James Carter, Chris Tucker picks up Jackie Chan, 
uh, Inspector Lee from the airport, and you know, Carter's just like, don't ever touch that radio. And it was just kind of like, it made me laugh, you know, Beach Boys are great American music. And the other part of that was, I've been a big fan of the Beach Boys because my dad would play their records and their albums all the time. So I got into the Beach Boys because of my dad. And to know that, you know, their songs were licensed in that movie was another big thing, right? Um, but getting back to, you know, being one of the oldest kids on the bus when I would get, you know, brought to school, I would recite the films to myself. I'd like very quietly just sit, like sink into my seat and just recite the films very quietly, almost just above a whisper to my, nobody could hear me because they're off in their own little world, but I'm like reciting lines and half the film, like the first half of the film. And I remember, you know, Christopher Penn was great in the film, like the first film. He's one of my favorite, I like best of the best, one of my favorite film series because I am into like martial arts sort of films and stuff like that, action films and what have you. So, you know, you, Christopher Penn, and he's just, I remember that scene where Tucker and uh, Jackie Chan's characters go to visit Christopher Penn in, say, like, County Lockup or whatever it was. And he just, come on, Clive, get out here and got some money to ask you, man. And he just, he finally caves and tells uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, like, this is who took the consul's daughter and whatever, what have you. The rest of the film ensues. And, like, just to see the sort of what Jackie Chan does in the film in terms of like his stunt work you know what i mean like how he sort of uh he gets away from carter who's handcuffed into the wheel of his car and then finally finds the console and you know how he basically gets into the consulate and ends up sort of fighting off like security or the fbi or what have you that was one of my favorite parts of the film just all of jackie chan's stunt work really left an impression on me. To be honest, I had no idea who Chris Tucker was before the first Rush Hour film. I hadn't seen Friday. I wouldn't see it until about five or six years later, so that I was in high school at that point. And I just had never seen anything with him in it. I'd never seen any of his stand-up. I saw the Def Comedy Jam stuff he did when I was in high school many years later. Uh, so, like, this was the sort of the window into who Chris Tucker was for me. And, you know, he played that loudmouth James Carter, who basically was a lone wolf, didn't want a partner, and then ended up being paired with Jackie Chan, which was basically a babysitting gig uh, when he finds out later on in the film. But they end up working together really well. And at the end of that first film, everybody goes home happy, basically, pretty much. Or at least all the protagonists go home happy and yay. But uh, when it comes to Jackie Chan's work, I'd seen at the point where Rush Hour, uh, the first one came out in 98, I had seen Mr. Nice Guy, I had seen Rumble in the Bronx. So I was familiar with, you know, his martial arts and stunt work and things like that. And I just thought, oh, okay, cool. Like, I knew who Jackie Chan was in comparison to who Chris Tucker was. That's just, you know, many people in this film, like the first Rush Hour, I had no idea who they were. I knew that one of the, uh, one of the actors who played... Uh, one of the FBI agents, one of the main FBI agents, he was in, I think it was Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone, and he played one of the goons, I think, and then many years later, he had a main role on CSI uh, Miami alongside uh, Caruso there, and, um, you know, that was cool. I mean, when I saw him in CSI Miami, I'm like, oh, why does he look familiar? And then I looked up his filmography, 
and found out that he was in the first rush hour, plus, like, I think Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone. So that was kind of cool, but for the most part, like, the only person I was familiar with in the first rush hour, aside from Christopher Penn, was Jackie Chan, because I had seen Rumble in the Bronx, and I'd seen Mr. Nice Guy before the first rush hour came out in 1998. When it comes to the second movie, I did see that in theaters uh, in the summer between 6th and 7th grade. And I went with a friend of mine. I think my parents took us at the time because I wanted to see it and my friend was on board. My parents thought it was a good idea. I was like 12 at the time. So, you know, we went. It was like shortly after it had come out, maybe like a week or two. And everybody was talking about it. You know, there was no such thing as social media back then. So you'd only get like word of mouth. And I ended up, I love the film, right? Even though I've only, I'd seen it in theaters the one time. But again, as a kid, you can remember things better than you can as an adult. Plus, it's been like 20 years since the second movie came out. And to be fair, I thought the second movie was, I thought the first one was the best out of the trilogy of films, right? I liked the second one because as a 12-year-old, you know, following up, the original Rush Hour from like three years prior, I thought that, oh, I couldn't get any better. Like that was the better film. Looking back on it like 20 years later, the first one, in my opinion, is the better film, right? You have Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker coming back. And then you have, uh, you know, not many other people. I don't even think the console was back from the first movie. But, you know, to see them, they had to go to, like, Vegas and on a yacht and things like that. I think Ernie Reyes Jr. had a minor role in this film, too, uh, as one of the, I think he was a hotel worker or a concierge of some sort. And then, you know, to see them try and find, I forget even the plot of the second movie, because it's been so long since I've actually seen it, and I have them all on DVD, and I haven't watched them forever. But it was just, it was one of these things where I had seen it so much because... Again, as a 12-year-old, as a kid, you can sort of, you know, take information in and retain it much better than you can, uh, you know, as an adult. So I retained enough of the dialogue where I could go from the first line of the movie, the second movie, and then go right through about half of it, line for line, word for word, in about five minutes. Because that would just, you know, tide me over on the bus ride from where I lived to my elementary school. And it was just, it kind of... I mean, it was easy for me to pass the time because I didn't like I, it's not that I didn't get along with anybody on my bus. It was just I was older than they were. We had nothing in common as they were younger and we didn't all go to the same school. But it was just something I did in order to keep my mind off of how much I didn't like having to get bussed in and how much I didn't really like having to go to school or having to be there for six and a half hours out of the day. I mean, some of the I guess more memorable moments that I can pull from the just off the top of my head. Like there's a scene where Jack Chan and Chris Tucker are with Rosalind Sanchez and she's telling them, Oh, I work for, I think it was the FBI or some sort of like law enforcement agency. And you know, Chris Tucker, just let me see that. Let me see your ID. Let me see your badge. She quickly flashes it because she's wearing a bathrobe with, you know, not much underneath. So he quickly flashes it and Tucker's just like, yeah, let me, let me see that again. I didn't get a good look at that, right? And Jack's just like, ah, come on, you know, none of that. Enough of that, right? And it's just one of those, I, for some reason, 20 years later, that's just one of those moments that stick out to me. Uh, and then, like, right at the end of the second movie where sort of uh, Jackie Chan, Inspector Lee, gives Chris Tucker, James Carter, like, his father's 
uh, ID, right? And Tucker just goes, look, man, this is your daddy's badge. I can't take these. He's like, no, knowing me, I can let it go. And he just, he's like, all right, man, well, thank you. And he's like, oh, I got a gift for you too. Like, oh, all right. So he just goes, yeah, I, I went down this morning, the tables of Caesars, and he won like some crazy amount of money and gave Jackie like $10,000 or something like that. So like, I can't take this. He goes, no, nah, man, come on. Let's just, you know, let's just enjoy yourself. Live life a little bit. And I forget where they were going to go, but it ends up with them walking off and getting on the same plane. Like they were, it's implied that they're going to get on the same plane and go to the same place and just have some sort of vacation, if you will. And it just, it's one of those things where like, because I haven't watched the films in a while, and even before I recorded this video, I haven't watched the films in, you know, ages. But there are certain moments from these films that stick out to me. Like, again, I'm going to go back to the first one for a minute, where, you know, Chris Tucker as James Carter is handling a phone call, and he's negotiating sort of like a drop, and the amount of money that is to be involved in like what types of currency like what notes of currency this person wants the money to be in and it was just oh you want any fives with that and it just for some reason like that little those little moments from the it, like that first film that little moment there got much more than a chuckle out of me at like nine years old now i i smirk a little at these films I'm, i don't laugh as hard now more than 20 years later but they still do get a chuckle out of me because they're movies and they're meant to be enjoyed. They're meant to be entertaining and I still find them entertaining and as such. The third Rush Hour film, when it comes to the third film in the franchise, which is the, I don't want to call it the final film, but the final film to date in the Rush Hour franchise, I did see it in the theater with some friends because, you know, we were talking about it and it had been like six years since the second one came out. So we all just wanted to go. We were young teenagers. We were friends, uh, fans of Rush Hour and the film franchise itself. So we all were like, yeah, let's go. Now, to be fair, like, it is my least favorite of the three films. Not, I mean, to me, it doesn't hold a candle to the first two. And to be honest, like, as I said, the first one will forever be my favorite because it is the first one. The sequels kind of pale in comparison, in my opinion. The third one tries to pick up where the second one left off, but honestly, it kind of feels like it's trying to write out two and then just kind of pick up where the first one left off it just like okay i mean it's a film and i think at that point i mean as excited as i was to see it after watching the film in the theater i was just kind of left meh because i think at that point because it had been six years between the second film and the third film's release that i had kind of maybe i had expected i didn't know what to expect but maybe i had gotten too far into my own head in terms of what this film was going to be like and it just it didn't live up to expectations for me because like by the end of the film it just kind of felt like they threw it together rather quickly because they knew that the fan base was still clamoring for a third film but i think in in my opinion anyway too much time had gone by, like, too many years had gone by since the second film's release. Like, it had, they'd waited too long to put the third one together, and it just didn't live up to expectations. Again, my opinion. But, you know, you have Consul Han back. The actress who played um, Sue Young in the first film was played by a different actress here. Though I think that they could have gotten the actress who played Sue Young in the first film. I mean, yes, it had been, what? At that point, nine years since her turn as Sue Young in 1998. But 
you could have gotten the same actress, but they went with somebody else. Fine, no problem. I mean, I'm not, you know, I wasn't anybody in charge of production on those films, so I wasn't really, like, I had no say. But I just thought that, like, it was the weakest of the three films. And, I mean, there were certain moments. The one that sticks out to me is, who are you? I am me. He is you. Or, I don't know what your feeding name because he is too damn big. And I'm just kind of like, okay. Other than that, like, there wasn't much else for me to, like, hold on to in that film. Where it was, I remember, like, the, the French nun kind of interrogating one of the uh one of the bad guys along with chris tucker and jackie chan but i mean that was pretty much it didn't really there's not much that i retained and i keep in mind i haven't watched the films in a good long while but i'm just pulling this strictly off the top of my head from what i remember and it just i don't like i didn't know what else to pull from in that third film because you know if my memory serves me right like i didn't really retain much from it and like I said, that there wasn't, I mean, I yeah, I wanted to see the third film and I got to see it in the theater when it came out. But I like after watching it, I just kind of felt meh. Like I kind of felt let down by it. Maybe it was my own expectations as well. But I, I just kind of felt that they had waited too long, you know, like, OK, yes, you're trying to bring this whole franchise to a close or you're just trying to put a third film out there. But it just kind of felt like it had fallen short of the mark all right now the rush hour television series from 2016 starring justin hires wendy melnick john foo amy garcia paige kennedy jessica van if i'm missing anybody else put them down in the comments please and thank you it lasted 13 episodes so that's like half the you know full-length television season um and i think it got canceled shortly after it premiered probably a few weeks after and then I think it aired on CBS, so CBS decided to air the remaining episodes in the summer just to burn them off. It's a shame it didn't get, you know, renewed or at least get a full season order. They left the series on a cliffhanger, but, you know, I was willing to watch the series. And I think I have all the episodes on an external hard drive somewhere. So if I can find it, I'll go back and watch them or copy them somewhere else. It's actually like that I have access to now and just sort of watch them, you know, for my heart's content and for old time's sake. But it just kind of felt like everybody did as best a job as they could, but it just kind of felt like, okay, so how do you take, say, the three Rush Hour films and then turn this into an action series? They tried. It didn't necessarily work all that well, even though everybody did the best that they could. I'm really not sure how I should feel about Rush Hour, the TV series from a few years ago. I mean, I didn't necessarily love it. I liked it, and I still do, you know? Like, I'm willing to go back and rewatch the episodes if I can find them, but... I still can't see how you can try and take a film franchise like Rush Hour or anything else for that matter and go, let's turn this into a long-running TV series. Because, I mean, you basically turned it into a procedural, but with, like, buddy cop stuff thrown in. It doesn't always work. Like, they tried that with Lethal Weapon, albeit, I think, Lethal Weapon aired on Fox, whereas this Rush Hour uh, TV series aired on CBS. And, yes, the uh, Lethal Weapon series i think got three seasons and to be quite honest with you i didn't necessarily enjoy the lethal weapon television series much if at all like how how can you take a film franchise and turn it into a tv series it just doesn't necessarily translate always or at all really everybody did the best they could with the material they had and I mean, I'm, to be fair, I wasn't so used to seeing Wendy Melnick in, like, a serious role because, you know, Just Shoot Me, I watched that growing up as a kid. 
um, hot in Cleveland. I watched periodically when it was on the air, like if it was in reruns, and it was like late at night, and I happened to be flipping channels, and there was nothing else on. Um, but she's done voiceover work as well, so like I'm not used to seeing say like Wendy Melnick in such a serious role, if you will. I mean, yes, it's meant to be like a buddy cop comedy as well, but it just it's kind of like they've turned they turned Rush Hour into a procedural. Like, just your standard run-of-the-mill police procedural with, like, buddy cop stuff thrown in. And I'm really not even sure how I should feel or should have felt about it at the time. I wanted to like it. Didn't necessarily work. Didn't translate all that well. And everybody did the best they could. I'm not knocking anybody that was involved with the uh, series. It just it didn't, you know, it, the viewers weren't there. It didn't translate well to the screen. I mean... You know, and I keep saying everybody did the best they could, but I can't see how you could try and take a film franchise and turn that into a long-running TV series. I'm not sure it will ever work, but they continue to give it a shot. I mean, they did that with Lethal Weapon, or at least Fox did, and it ran for like three seasons. And uh, Sean William Scott had to replace the actor who played Martin Riggs in season three. And I'm not even sure, like, well, obviously it didn't work because Fox canceled it shortly thereafter. But, you know, there it is, like, a commentary on the Rush Hour franchise, the three films, and the TV series. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Of course, my name has been Lee Dickey. This wraps up another video. Please do comment, like, share, subscribe here to Lee Dickey TV on YouTube and the Yo Nostalgia podcast, the Beats and Speaks podcast, Pinfall, a pro wrestling podcast, on your favorite podcast apps and players of choice. Leave us five-star ratings and reviews everywhere, please, and thank you. But I have been Lee Dickey. This wraps up another video. Thank you again for watching. Please do take care, and we will talk to you later. All right, Lee Dickey, signing off. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Lee Dickey TV. New episodes are available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to follow along with the fun. LeeTDickey.com